Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Truly Unlimited Podcast. My name is Jeff Plunkett, and I am here with... Don Bruce. The lovely Don Bruce, yes, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited... <laughs> Uh, we we spent a little bit of time before we we got started. We, usually we talk for a very long time about what we're going to talk about. We talked about a few things, but we didn't really on this one. So I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> but I'm I'm fired up. I'm sitting over here and it just he, he's just making these different noises and whooping noises and and so I don't know what's going on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It may be intestinal gas. I'm not really <laughs> sure, but I'm very excited about about what we're about to talk about. So I, I hope it comes out as 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 cool as it is inside my own head. So we'll see. Um, so we are we're continuing on. You know, every most of the time, every other podcast is is a an adventure in in scripture, um, in God's word. We've been in Hebrews, and we're now in Hebrews 4, uh, where is it, 4, 14 14. through 5, 10. So that's where we're we're, uh, adventuring into today, Hebrews 4, 14 through 5, 10. And uh, so you don't have to look it up if you're driving down the road or driving your lawnmower. Please please don't. Yes, or... read it on the paper. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, if you're, While you're doing that. yes, if you're hang gliding, um, you know, taking a flying lesson. That might work if you're not close to the ground, but the moment you get closer to the ground, it <laughs> may not work out well. Yes. Okay. So for those of you who are bungee jumping right now, Don's going to read this <laughs> passage for you. I don't. I don't know. I'm just. <laughs> Just randomly, whatever comes into my okay, mind. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> or baking a cake. Maybe you're baking a cake. There you and go. Yeah, so there you go. Go ahead, Don. Okay, Hebrews 4, verses 4, 414 through five. Maybe you're 10. washing the dog. I don't know. You you know, you can't really read scripture while washing the dog. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I'm reading from the NIV. Here we go. Starting with verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray, since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called 
by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son, today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him, and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Mm. Okay, so whenever you finish turning wood on a lathe or whatever it is that you're doing, <laughs> spend, spend some time. Spend some time in this passage. Again, I'm going to repeat it. it she read from Hebrews 4, 14, 5 through 10. And I, 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 don't, I don't know why. Um, I, 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 it's probably about me, but this passage today, as we read this passage today, just lit me up in a way that it's never let me up before. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, and I've said this, what we've, what we've discovered, what we've developed, just these very reliable, basic truths about God, who God is, when we coming at it from that way, we come at Scripture from a whole different perspective. And so if you haven't heard our conversations, previous conversations, you need to listen to some of those, the Who is God podcast, the Who Who is God to me, Who is God to others, and then the others as we go on through this. But if you haven't listened to those, you need to listen to those because because it, it makes a world of difference. And, you know, we've got some other things that are, that are coming out. Um, there's, a, there's a tool available on our, our website now. Um, it's Dancing with the Triune God, if you, mm-hmm. in, in you need to read that and in, in understand what that means, the nature, the triune nature of God and how that impacts. But as we begin to understand these very basic, and they're very simple and accessible realities of who God is and his purpose for us, Things like this stand out, and they mean right. they finally mean something that makes sense. They finally mean something that makes sense always, every day, all the time. And, and that just – so anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I am just – I'm just – I'm bubbling over right now because this has made sense because of these other things that we've – you and I have spent time – and really unpacking and understanding right. and just consistently talking about it. So anyway, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm super jazzed about this. How about that? <laughs> one, one thing that, that stood out that I hadn't and probably should have, but it didn't really get me excited until you read it just now, was that phrase, hold firmly. Hold firmly. Hold firmly to what? Hold firmly to, and I'll have to find the passage now. I should have found it before I started my, my, my speaking, right? Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. For let us hold firmly to the faith we pros- profess. Let us hold firmly to the faith we, we 
Is that verse 16? Yeah, profess. Because in my... Or no, verse thir- uh, 14, sorry. Oh, verse... Okay, the, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let us hold firmly to the right. faith we profess. So we say we have this faith. We say, I have this faith. One, we very seldom hold firmly to anything. Right? right? right. I mean, there's, there's very few things that we really hold firmly to. There's a lot of things that we, we talk about maybe on a regular basis, but how many things do we really hold firmly to? And I mean, I'm, yes, I am talking about in the church. We, we maybe hold firmly to, some people hold firmly to attending. Um, some people hold firmly to opinions, but we're talking about holding firmly to this faith we profess. And how do we do that? Here's what, here's what many people do, is many people come at it from their own strength. Right. They come at it from, I'm going to be determined, and I'm going to pull up my, my boots by the bootstraps, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buckle down, and I'm going to hold firmly by this. And that's... I, because I have this list of things that I'm going to keep doing this list of things, or... Yes. Right. Yes, and I'm, I'm gonna, that's how I'm going to hold firmly, and that's not it at all. It is amazing what, what comes up here. Um, yeah, so because so, in verse 15, read first, verse 15. I know I see you highlighting over that's there. Fine. but, but yeah. Um, so read verse 15 again. So verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. With our what? Weaknesses. Our what? We have weaknesses. What? <laughs> <laughs> Empathize with our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it doesn't even say he solves them all. Mm. Yeah. So, so begin to un- understand a, 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 a dichotomy here. Understand what, what's happening. He's saying, we're going to hold firm to our faith, and then he talks about our weaknesses. And he talks about, but he, he understand there's something that he's someone. Let me let me make it very clear. Someone that he's talking about here that is the important one here. Right. It's the high priest. It is it is Jesus. Right. Jesus, the high priest. But he's talking about our weaknesses, and he's talking about holding firm to the faith. And again, we think about holding firm from our strength, from our determination, especially here in the United States of America. We are really good about, well, I'm just going to get in my covered wagon. We're still, we're still trying to cross the, the land on our covered wagons with determination, and that's not it at all and and if we look at the next verse we we could accidentally pull that in Mm. because it says let us then approach god's throne of grace with confidence Mm. and i think sometimes we could look at that and totally forget about the weaknesses Mm. that it mentioned in the verse before yeah but what it's saying and i know it says for we do not have a high priest who is unable so what that means is we do have one who is able to empathize with our weaknesses yeah but we and it says um, he has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So because of knowing that, of who he is and how he 
did things in the midst of our weaknesses, that's how we approach with confidence. Yeah, and, and, and what is it we're approaching? It's the throne of grace. Grace. Right. Throne of grace. Why would we need grace if we were able to, if we're quite capable under our own strength? Right. We don't need it. We don't need grace if we're quite capable. Right. Right. What do we need right. grace and mercy for? Um, you know, it, because it says, he says, so yet without, uh, let's see, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So here's the, here's the point. We're in need. We're weak. We need grace. We need mercy. Mm-hmm. That's the, the foundation of our confidence, not our strength. Our strength is not the foundation of our confidence. There is no confidence in our strength because right. we're weak. Deal with it, people. We're weak. We're, we are limited. We are extremely limited, and that is our joy. Our greatest joy is that we are extremely limited and weak, and, and he has joined us. He, he took on that weakness so that he could be that high priest. Right. And that's, that's why we can have confidence is because even though we are limited, we know that he is not. Mm. And so, mm. and that's, you know, like the, yeah. the, um, if I'm in great need and I have a parent or somebody that has an exorbitant amount of money and I need food for that day or what, whatever it is. I know it's such a simple thing, but what I'm saying is if we have somebody we're connected to that we know can take care of something, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying solve every little problem. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, is someone who has the resources and has the ability to take care of our needs, whatever they are, based on themselves, based on God, who he is. He's unlimited, and so we're limited. That means that we can call on him. We know that that he is merciful and he is gracious and we can have confidence in that because we know who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And here's here's a before I I I want to go into the first 3 verses of chapter 5 um in in conjunction with what you just said but before we do that I want to I want to go back to something and you mentioned it there you said yet without sin. So this is talking about this is talking about Jesus. Jesus comes in the form of man. So think uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. He comes in our form. He takes on he he does not see that that retaining equality with God is something to be grasped, but he comes in our form. In our weakened form, our weak human form right. takes on that form willfully. Right. Purposefully. And he takes it on, sent by God. God says, the Father says, I'm sending you so that you will be this living invitation to join with me. And I'm sending you in their form so that you will understand. But, he, and then, but it says, yet without sin. So, okay, understand this. Understand this. 
Okay, I want you to understand what sin is just for a second because, because a lot of people will look at this. They will look at that and they'll say, oh, well, okay, here's the competition. The competition is that Jesus, Jesus did it without sinning, and I need to figure out how to, to do the rest okay. of my life. I can't do the past part of my life without sin, but I'm going to do the rest of it. It's a competition, and I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to, to compete with Jesus. Okay, that's silly. Okay, it's not a competition. It's not even an exhibition. Please, no wagering. It's it's not a competition, and Jesus didn't make it a competition, and that's why he was able to to go without sin. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. So he takes on our weakness. Okay, mm-hmm. we're trying to do things under our own strength. Trying to do things under your own strength is sin. Uh-huh. Trying to do things under your own strength is sin. That's right. the point exactly. When when the 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 children of Israel, when God's people, the Hebrews, tried to do things under their own strength, even worship under their own strength, God said, "That's an abomination. That's detestable to me because you're 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 breaking your your bond with me." It's the bond, it's the unity with him. Mm-hmm. It is the, the in, that dependency upon him. It is that abiding in him that Jesus demonstrated that is, that is available to us. When we try to do it under our own strength, anything, even if it seems good, even if it seems right, if it's apart from God, it's not. Right. Even whenever it seems about God, See, being about God is not the same as being with God, right? Because right. I can, I can, I could write a story about, I don't know, um, Prague. Okay, I talked to a guy the other day in Prague, so so I could write a story about Prague, and I could, I you know, oh man. And I was looking at pictures of the city of Prague, by the way. That is one gorgeous place. Right. My right. goodness. And I can look at pictures, and I could write about it, and I could tell you about it. But that's not the same as being with Prague. I'm not in Prague. I've never right. even been to Prague. Right. I have no idea what it's like in right. Prague. So the, there's there's about, and then there's with. And he doesn't want it to be about your strength about him. He wants you to be with him it's joining with him and so jesus demonstrates something he does it without sin because he does it under his his relationship with the father instead of under his own strength how many times did people say hey do this and he says i'm about my father's business i am why are you surprised that i'm about my father's business it's not yet time and then, and then Satan comes to Jesus and says, hey, turn these, th- these stones into bread. And he's like, look, it's not about that. It's not about even demonstrating my strength. It is about demonstrating my weakness and my dependence upon the Father. That, I- that is it. And so, again, that's... I'm going to say something that that a lot of people in the United States are not going to like. Okay, you're going to find this this a little bit concerning. I wonder sometimes. I'm not saying that's true, 
But I wonder sometimes if it's possible, and I know it is, this is an extreme statement that's not completely accurate, but I wonder if it's possible for us in the United States to really be, to really have a, a, a genuine relationship with God because, because our, our group think is so strong about the idea of, of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, doing this under our own strength, um, the American way, all of that. I mean, it's in, in being strong where Jesus demonstrates that sinlessness is about embracing weakness. And then, then he goes on as the high priest. Then he goes on. And check this out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. My, my NIV version is a little bit different than your NIV version. Um, we've established that several times, but but I'm going to read this um, it, verse starting in verse one. Every high priest is selected from among men and is appointed to represent them in matters related to God. Okay, that sounds great. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. But here's what's um, here's what I found absolutely amazing. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray. Now, understand that, that those who are going ignorant and, and going astray is not somebody else. Okay, if you're listening to this and if you're saying this, which is me, this applies to you. <laughs> okay? This is not somebody else. We, you know, the 70% of all um, drivers think that that they're a good driver right um and, and the statistics don't add up to right, that right 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 so so everybody thinks that everybody else is bad at something and and, and they're not so that, so i understand this is about us this is about all of us so the, the the high priest is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and going astray we're all going astray since he himself is subject to weakness that phrase right there is amazing to me because the high priest is subject to weakness and he's representing people who are subject to weakness. Mm-hmm. So even the high priest, and who is the high priest we're talking about? The great high priest is Jesus, okay? This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And that's talking about the regular priest. Right yes, it, it is right, right there. Right. But but what he's but the whole thing. Right, right. But what he's saying is he's saying that Jesus is the high priest. Right. Okay. The great high priest. That yes, this passage, this part right here mm-hmm. that I just read is referring to the the human right. high priest, right. not Jesus. But but what he's re- he's given he's making a point here about the great high priest, meaning Jesus, that Jesus also experienced our weakness right. he our limitations but didn't go under his own strength he did not live under his own strength right. he lived completely joined with and dependent upon the father the whole 33 years even to death on the cross even then 
he just continued to remain with the Father. You know, what's, what's cool about that is that if you really can catch that concept, it's not so hard. Mm. In the thing of, it's not like we have a list of 510 little things of, if you do this, it's going to be a sin, or if you're going to do, the, you mm-hmm. know, and, and this whole, and I constantly say checklist, but this whole thing that we're trying to mark off, okay, I didn't do that, oh, I did that, mm-hmm. and, but if we take the focus off of that and really just look at, are we trying to do it within ourselves by keeping up with this list, mm, or on, are we depending on God? Yes, come on, tell it. and and it's and it's simple in that way but one of the biggest things for us to understand is and this is where I think we we create our own issues within the church in trying to take our current worldview into the church how we take Mm. our current American worldview into the church is because so much of what the Bible says is completely different mm. from what the world tells us. Yes. Just as we're thinking through this, one thing I thought about, because I had looked at another scripture and he, where he talks about he's the good shepherd and, and knows his sheep. And, and I'm just going to tell you, I have worked with livestock and sheep are dumb. <laughs> they are just dumb. And just on a personal note, if I'm taking care of one or the other, I would rather take care of goats than sheep mm. because I can there's some things that I feel like I can train them a little bit better. And so I have struggled sometimes of being called sheep. Mm in the Bible because it's just like, oh my goodness, they're just dumb. Mm. Yet, when I look at it and look at it through this, they they have to depend mm-hmm. on that shepherd. Mm. They, they have to submit themselves Mm-hmm. to the will of that shepherd mm-hmm. or they're not going to be led where they need to go they're not they're going to just fall on their back and wave their legs rather than trying to turn over and mm. get up you know <laughs> and that's what they do sometimes yes um and 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 what he's saying is that it's okay for us to have that weakness. We don't have to or need to figure things out on our own. It doesn't mean we don't think through things for ourselves, but we do it under his guidance, exactly. with his direction, and allow ourselves to submit to him, and we don't have to know everything we don't have to figure it all out right yeah we we get too caught up in the figuring out Mm 
and we and we lose sight of the connection. We lose sight of the joining with God. And that's that's the only thing that matters. The figuring out is not really nearly as important. It's not it's in in, in the grand scheme of things, figuring out is not important at all. Right. In contrast to staying connected, joining with, abiding with God, staying dependent upon the Father. Because no matter what we say, when we're trying to figure it out ourselves, we're putting ourselves on that pedestal as the one who's got to save us within that situation. Yeah. No yeah. matter what we say, it's still changing the focus from allowing God to be in control to putting ourselves in control. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's been a while since we've talked about this, we've brought up this concept, but you know, the, the idea of, so the human perspective is survival. It's, right. it's survival. How do I sustain survival? How do I maintain that? And I, if, if I gather up enough information, if I know enough, will that, will that add to my likelihood of survival? If I gather up enough things, will that add to the likelihood of my survival? If I, if I gain enough relationships or enough, enough support or approval or validation from people, will that add to my survival? Right. And so when it, when it all comes down to that, then you know, we're looking for how do I, how do I maintain my survival? And, and often, and we say that we either we try to maintain our survival through either apart from God, despite God, or with God's help. And all of those are really just about s- sustaining our survival. Mm-hmm. And none of those things are really important. Um, what we're saying is connection with God, joining with God. If your body doesn't survive, big whoop and deal, what difference does it make? Because we're not living on something that's temporal anyway. We're living right. on permanence. And, and so, so that's, that's the point here is that you know, it, Jesus demonstrates that, that graphically because here he does for 33 years of his life, he demonstrates, he demonstrates that live within the rejoice in your weakness and dependence upon connection to the Father, mm-hmm. even if that means that you are spit upon and rejected and destroyed, your body is destroyed because your the joining with, the connection with the Father is based on permanence. And yes, he rose again Absolutely, he rose again because his his joining with the Father was of permanence. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I I I'm, I just got really excited <laughs> about this this whole thing because because we we talk we we talk all the time about really embracing our limitations, rejoicing in our limitations, rejoicing in, in our weakness, um, in, in our dependence upon God and our con- in the opportunity to answer the invitation that he gives us. But yet people resist that and they go, eh, you know, no, but the, but the world system is, or the, the, even the church system is, the church system is win, win, win. 
how do I win this game of life? How do I win this Christian life? How do I win, win, win? How do I make my life better? None of that, none of that is biblical. All of that is just hogwash and garbage. It's just silly. It makes no sense whatsoever. And this passage right here gets me excited because it, it, it's what exactly what he's saying here is, look, you can, you, even the high priest is rejoicing in his weakness. And because he's rejoicing in his weakness, he's able to connect with you. So this, this understand that there's two things going on here. Jesus, being the great high priest, is celebrating his, his, his taking on this weakness as appointed by God. And we, we kind of we read them, but we kind of skipped those verses in, in talking about it. We referenced it, uh, what is that, verse 5 and 6. Um, but, you know, God right. appoints him, I'm sending you as the high priest. So Jesus is celebrating his, his weakness and dependence upon God mm-hmm. so that, one, he's demonstrating weakness and dependence upon God, but he is also empathizing with grace and mercy for us right. who constantly wander off like sheep, like stupid sheep, who wander off, get off track, and we need to come with the confidence of our weakness. Confidence of our weakness, not our strength. We come with the confidence of our weakness because we are coming to the great high priest who is representing weakness on behalf of the Father in grace and mercy who knows of the God who knows all things and when we um, I think a lot of times in the church we put so much emphasis on the wandering off Mm -hmm. that you said as sheep Mm -hmm. and we're that's that's the sin that we talk about you know the wandering oh you did this you did this these things when it's Sheep are going to go different places and stuff, but it's still that listening, oh, hearing, turning back, hearing that voice of the shepherd, following the shepherd. You know, if, if there is a wandering or some, oh, I'm confident in him. I know that's who I'm following. I know mm-hmm. that's who I'm, I'm leading because we... The point is, we are weak. We aren't perfect. Mm. We're not going to be perfect within ourselves. We don't have that ability to be perfect within ourselves. But it's in that still being attuned to him and following him and, and connected to who he is. And in the churches, we've put so much focus on the sheep. Mm. We'll say it's about the shepherd, but we focus on the sheep so many times when the whole idea is focusing on the shepherd. Yeah, and, and here's, what's, here's what's great. Here's how backwards we have it. And as you were saying that, it really, it really 
highlighted in my head. Here's how backwards. So we, we, we hear the story about, you know, the, the 99 and this wandering one, this one that's wandering off. When we go, and here's, here's the way we see it within the church. We go, oh, that wandering one is so weak. They're wandering. No, understand that the 99, the 99 that remain in the dependence of the shepherd, they are embracing their weakness. It is the one who wanders off who is, who is trying to fantasize about the, the embrace of their, their strength, mm-hmm. their own individual strength. It is you wander off in strength, in personal strength. Mm-hmm. You remain based on your weakness. That's the point. Right. And it's because that one who wanders off from a sheep point of view, is looking for that greener grass, Mm -hmm. that better thing outside of where the shepherd has led them. Yes, exactly. And so then we we look at them and go, oh, look look how strong we are (laughs) by remaining. You don't remain in your strength. You remain in your weakness. It's our weakness that allows us to remain and to abide and to be dependent and to join with and to embrace the fullness of God and his fullness of resource. It is not our strength. But even to see that, Mm -hmm. even when we try to do it within our own strength, Mm -hmm. he's still our shepherd. Yes. And he still goes out to find that one. Mm, Come on. And bring them back into, help them realize, no, I'm the one that takes care of you. I'm the one who um, is providing for you, sustaining you. Mm, Come on. (laughs) Good. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Right. He is our example. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And I love the fact that you can pronounce that better than I can. So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm right. But. So, so in that, um, when we talk about his obedience, you know, that he's his loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And and I think sometimes we think of that of a, oh, please just save me, please save mm-hmm. me, where Jesus, and it even says he's like, if this, you know, if there's any other way, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I'd rather not go through this, but I will. I mean, that's what he's saying. And I looked at a, a scripture back here, and it's whenever... Jesus was being arrested, and and um, the the um, servant, the ear was cut off, mm. 
And Jesus says, put your sword back in its place. He said, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. He says, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I like that just because it's saying Jesus, he's obeying his father, but it's not a you better obey me. Mm. It's a this is my plan and Jesus has joined in that plan and become a part of it and but he's still saying look I could call this off Mm -hmm. I could call this off Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm forced to do go through this Mm -hmm. I could call this off but how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way and in the same way when it's saying he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect. Those, it, it's, he, he had these cries and everything, and it was hard because he did experience what we did. Mm. But his obedience wasn't forced. And I guess I say that because, you know, we can go through and go, well, I can't do that or it'll be a sin and then I'm, you know, forced that if I, I can only get to heaven if I don't do these things. And it's almost like we're in a forced situation mm. when the better thing is, yes, we struggle, but we choose to follow because he is our, ch- our shepherd. Mm. He is our high priest. We choose to follow. Mm. And yes, it's hard. And we may have loud cries and tears just as he did. But we still can choose to follow and focus on him. Yes, exactly. And and, and just to kind of wrap that that up, exactly what she just said is understand that there's there's a a couple of words. There's three three words that that are kind of run through here. Holding firm. Mm. Confidence. And then I just lost the other one. Um, uh, oh, it's, it's uh, obedience. Okay. So holding firm, confidence, and obedience. And they're all sourced in weakness, not strength. Right. Holding firm, confidence, and obedience are sourced in weakness, not strength. That is the key. That is amazing and beautiful. And it's almost the exact opposite it's it is the exact opposite of the worldview right it's the exact opposite of the worldview and it's almost the exact opposite of what's common within church and as we say the church view is often just the worldview transposed into the church and we're saying embrace weakness embrace our weakness embrace our dependence embrace the the incredible invitation of joining with the glory of god not your glory not your strength not your power none of that forget all of that that is just ridiculous embrace the invitation of joining with the glory of god in weakness in confidence. Confidence is equal to weakness. 
Um, obedience is in resourced in weakness. Holding firm is resourced in weakness, not strength. Right. Right. Mm. Right. And because of what Jesus did, coming on and taking on this weakened form, then he he demonstrated for us how to hold firm, be confident, and obedient mm-hmm. in weakness. He demonstrated for us, showed us that this is possible through him, through his sacrifice, through his joining with us and inviting us to join with him. Right. Mm. Exactly. So good. So good. I get so excited. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right. Anything else done? Nope. I think that's it. I think we did it in less than 45 minutes even. Hey, we're doing good. (laughs) Uh, Man, that's twice in a row. All right. (laughs) All right. See you next time. Bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's Resources, No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, Go to alethesresources.com, and alethes is spelled A-L-E-T-H-E-S, alethesresources.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.